A reading from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 15, and beginning at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learnt from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. This uh, passage that John read for us is full of so much about the ministry of Jesus' disciples. That's us. And of course it follows on after Jesus talks about the true vine. So it might be really... John putting it in that place as an interpretation of what Jesus is talking about in the vine and the branches and the father being the vine dresser. And of course it's a favourite reading to be taken on Remembrance Sunday because what greater love has no one than he laid down his life for his friends. Of course today we are remembering all those who have died in conflict, been injured in conflict, over the, well, next year it will be a hundred years. And I must say how nice it was to hear the voice of another Yorkshireman talking in church this morning, not just me. From the promised land, as I say. But I want to um, talk today about forgiveness because forgiveness is one of the greatest acts of love as a Christian that, that we can do really and um, I don't know about you but I know from my own experience how hard it is to forgive yourself I mean you can pray and ask God for forgiveness. 
you can say sorry. We were talking with the children. Quackers were saying, say sorry. We can say sorry and be forgiven. But we can still look at ourselves in the mirror the next day and feel terrible about what we did and not necessarily forgive ourselves. So, I mean, you know me, I'm, I, I'm into feelings and things, but it's very important to forgive yourself because if you can't forgive yourself, how can you forgive others? As a minister, you go around very often people's houses and pray with them and I used to ask, is there anything specifically you want me to pray about? And very often, I would be praying about something that had happened 45, 50 years ago that they were saying sorry for, that they'd been saying sorry for all that time. You know, and I used to wonder, is it connected to the arthritis that's causing the pain? Is the fact that we're not able to forgive ourselves and we kind of continually hurting from that pain of not feeling forgiven, not forgiving ourselves, that can cause many of the physical afflictions that we have today. And it probably is. I've got a bit of arthritis in my fingers, so that's probably, you never know. So, right at the beginning of my little talk today, I want to say how important it is that we forgive ourselves. If we're forgiven by God, why can't we forgive ourselves? There's no more supreme power, supreme being in the universe. We are forgiven. Our sins are, sorry Mike, are cast as far as the east is from the west. I want to talk to you about a wise person who knows what it means to forgive. This man, his youngest son was brutalized by others and he, he offers for us a few earthy bits of practical advice. They're worth sharing. He says that a friend advised him to ask for forgiveness. So one day he went and he sat in his study and um, he pretended to be the priest in the confessional. He said he felt, he felt foolish, but at the same time it, it was creative. He said out loud, in the name of God, I forgive you. He felt the caricature of the people who brutalized his son in his mind change slowly. It didn't happen all at once. But a year later, when the same group of boys drove past his house, he had to go through the whole forgiveness process again. It's not easy to forgive others. But it can be repetitious. You might have to keep doing it. You might have to keep saying, I forgive you, I forgive you. And then when you see them again, you think, 
Why the heck did I forgive them? And then you've got to say it again, I forgive you. I forgive you. And that's real wisdom. The second bit of wisdom he offers is don't forgive too fast. I don't think he means harboring, like lingering revenge. He means that we have to allow time, sometimes, for the hurt to surface, for the hatred to be visible and recognised and acknowledged. Perhaps we have to get to the point where we can say out loud, I hate you. It's only when the hurt, the enemy, is out there and regurgitated that we can feel the full impact and then come to terms with forgiveness. Maybe that's what it means, don't forgive too fast. Otherwise our forgiveness might be shallow. And finally, he gives this delightful advice. It's good to remember that when you pray for your enemies, it doesn't automatically make them your friends. It doesn't, does it? You pray for your enemies, it doesn't make them your friends. Not automatically anyway, but maybe you can begin on the road to friendship. They might still be out to get you. They might still hate your guts. And he adds for emphasis, They'd, they might still be your enemies and you better guard against them because they might wallop you when you're down on your knees. But I think that's their problem because the forgiveness which comes from us is given freely to them. If you love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said, Love one another as I have loved you. The love that Jesus shares with us is a forgiving love. So you've got to love your brothers and sisters, whether you like it or not. And if you love them, you will forgive them. Is there anybody here who doesn't need forgiving? No. We've all done stupid things, at least I have, and we need to be forgiven. So even in spite of the fact that Jesus' love for us is a forgiving love, there are people who cannot bring themselves to offer forgiveness to others. And there are people who cannot bring themselves to accept that forgiveness that they give to others. People can't even accept that forgiveness from Jesus, from God. There's no hope, they feel, for themselves, either in this world or in the next. And they spend their time, some people, hugging their guilt to themselves, feeling that guilt, a constant heartache in their lives. But I have to say that today, as we set out Christ's command to love one another as I have loved you, the way that Christ 
ministers to each one of us that forgiveness of those who have harmed us, said those wrong things who are harming us, families, relationships, workplaces. I didn't get that promotion. The company went and sold up and I was no longer needed. There's so many things in life. Forgiveness of those who have harmed us is at the heart of our faith. It's one of the most difficult parts of being a Christian. One of the most, most difficult parts. Anger, resentment, jealousy, all these different feelings are there. If they're there, there's no room for love. And there has to be love to forgive. I think um, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus is preaching these words and saying these things, it's the age of an eye for an eye. This was so radical then. It's still radical, don't get me wrong, it's still radical, but for him to say these things. You, some of might have you heard of Elsa Joseph, who's the Jewish woman who was separated from both her daughters during the Second World War. Years later, she discovered that they'd been gassed in Auschwitz. She was a concert violinist, and Elsa responded to this tragic news by picking up her violin and going to play in Germany. And there in the halls of the homeland of her children's murderers, she played her violin and told her story that cried out for vengeance, but she didn't seek vengeance. She spoke of the world's deep need for reconciliation and forgiveness. She went to Northern Ireland too and to Lebanon and Israel. If I, a Jewish mother, can forgive what happened, then why can't you bury your differences and be reconciled to one another? It's the same message today with all these conflicts we have. You might have heard of the Anglican Bishop Taffy, who when he heard the news that his son a university student studying in Tehran had been waylaid and shot to death, immediately dropped to his knees and prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father James Carney, who prayed for those who had taken him prisoner who became his murderers. He prayed for them before they threw him out of a helicopter and asked for God to forgive. If these people can forgive, we can forgive. You can forgive. I can forgive. You've got people to forgive today. I've got people to forgive 
love one another as I have loved you. Reading about these people who forgive in their lives, thinking about their courage in the face of hatred makes our petty differences just that, petty. If all these people that we talked about had the heart to forgive, then why can't we? It's hard, harder for some than others, but it's possible. To consciously break that vicious circle and cycle of revenge is not easy. Anybody would feel how difficult it is in their lives to put up with and to, to even the score. The point is that we are not just anybody. We are called to be a reconciling community. Well, Chris, it's all right for you to stand up there and say these things, but you wouldn't know what they did to me. I care what they did to you. I really do. But is it worth holding on to when an act of forgiveness would not only release them, but release you too? It might have a more positive effect on you than on them, God knows. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We do have to forgive one another. There's no doubt about it. No matter what we do, we have to. So I urge you today to take those words of Jesus on board. Even if you just start by forgiving one thing, one person, don't hold it. Let it go. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, from the cross you asked us to forgive. Help us to forgive. Christ Jesus, you are teaching us to forgive one another as you have forgiven us. Help us and strengthen us in this. Lord Jesus, for all the times when we have failed to forgive one another and to forgive ourselves, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.